Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno, Brad, and Nick. What it do? You are listening to the QTB podcast. It's your boy, Brad, and I'm here with the man that makes my heart tingle with every jingle that he sings. It's QTB's Nick. What's going on, Nick? So many jingles that I'm not single, you know? It's, hey, oh, oh my there gosh. There we go. You know, it's, uh, I, I sing the hits. Um, yeah, good to see you, man. Um, my gosh, another uh, action-packed episode here of the podcast. Um, honestly, we should just jump right in because I've got some articles this week that I'm really excited about. But you know, Brad, as well as I do, um, that uh, we have to jump in, of course, uh, first and foremost, into a little bit of uh, what you've been playing. So, of course, our live audience, let me know what you've been playing. And uh, Brad, what's been going on this week? We, uh, it, you know, we both have, you know, QTB 2.0, our sons. Uh, my son is, uh, it's it's all about Mario. With the movie this year, and now he understands and loves Mario Kart. We play that as a family more often than not. He's finally learning how to steer. And, yeah. And use his, you know, his favorite, uh, his favorite items, the rocket. So we've been playing that as a family, the new wave five with expansion of the new tracks and the circuits. Um, I'm still on my quest to unlock all of the unlockables. I got gold Mario, but now I'm working for the wheels and the carts. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no. So that's been a heavy, heavy play and shout out to my neighbor, Sammy. Um, and he's one of my son's friends, older brothers. Uh, he is playing Pimkin four and says, it's great. So I know that just came Pikmin, out what yeah. a week and a half ago. So yeah. mm -hmm. um, heard that's fantastic play from my neighbor. Okay. And so shout out to Sammy. I know you're listening. You, you've been checking us out and I'm glad you're playing that. And uh, for our, our community out there, if you haven't picked it up, might want to give Pimkin 4 a grab. So I honestly, man, uh, Pikmin is one of those series where it's like it's one of those deep catalog, like but still first party Nintendo titles. You always see it like late in the life cycle of a. Uh, like that and Metroid always come in, come in late to the party. Um, but the games are always quality. Like a lot of people really love Pikmin. It got it. Niantic did its own version of uh, Pokemon Go with Pikmin. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a heavy hitter franchise. And when I, again, like so many games, I wish I had time to say that I knew more about than I do. Uh, but I well, get it. It's good. It's good to get validation <laughs> yes. from our, our listeners and our community, right? Like yeah. we, we try, right. We, we try to squeeze in as much as we can, but it, it, it helps me prioritize that higher up on the list once i've gotten some feedback yes. that hey that's a quality play there you go you've been corrected by king louis in the chat who said it's pikmin you said pimpkin <laughs> oh i did i'm sorry hey you know what little do, like little does our audience know your boy is uh running on fumes over here okay it's true. you know it's been, it's been I'm a pulling, couple i'm pulling this is my mj flu game okay yeah so uh you know i am uh we're coming in hot literally that's so. it no problem. Well, I got to tell you, man, um, I have had a really fun week uh, with with my uh, retro gaming. So as many people know, I've been kind of collecting uh, various retro games, specifically in the, the Sega family of, of consoles. And uh, I came across a couple really good finds um, because I'm, I'm, I'm finding so many amazing arcade racers of days gone by um, that I just love. And I've been talking a lot about Daytona USA. I picked up the Dreamcast version of that, which if you haven't played Daytona and you see that like in any kind of arcade retro or otherwise play it, it is, it's a game that holds up really well. It's a lot of fun. Um, but the Dreamcast version is like the definitive way to play 
uh, Daytona because it has a lot of the, the tracks from different versions of the game. It adds tracks, uh, super tight handling, 60 frames a second. Um, just high so I gotta action, ask, man. Yeah. You said Dreamcast version. That makes yes. me think this isn't your first copy of this or first version. <laughs> how, how, how many do you have, Nick? Why don't you tell the <laughs> listeners? This is my third copy of the game. I have the Saturn. I have the, there's two different versions for the Saturn. Um, I uh, own both of those. And then I saw the uh, Dreamcast version. I'm like, oh, that's that's the better way to play. So I had to get that. Um, but man, I just there's something about there's something about arcade racers, man that just scratch an itch for me about that timer, you know, that's ticking down and getting those time extensions. I um, also picked up Metropolis Street Racer, which is another great uh, Sega first-party Dreamcast uh, racing game. And man, I mean, no matter what Sega game you play, what I love about Sega first-party titles is the, the soundtrack will always be a banger. Game might be mid, game might be bad. Sega's going to give you good music. I always knew that with the Sonic games, but I'm finding that that, uh, that applies pretty much across the whole gambit. Well, I know we've got a couple of good stories to get to, but one more question about that, since you seem to kind of be our resident, you know, racer or part of that, you're talking about arcade racers, having picked up so many, what are one or two consistent things in good quality arcade racers that you see besides the soundtrack? What are some, th- some things that we should look for? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you got to have good handling because like what these these games, like you live and die by like how fast you can, you know, catch up to the cars that are in front of you, right? So you got to have a game with really satisfying mechanics and like deeper layers to it. Like the drifting has to be good enough that like mastering that skill rewards you in a way. Um, and most importantly is the soundtrack because you're stuck listening to whatever they give you. So it better be good. And that's what I love about Sega. Like I said, it's... uh. Yes, Ashley, Nick and his Sega music. I love it. I, I could talk all day. I mean, I could. I, there, there's there, if we ever bring back UTB Legend, there's so many people um, in Sega that, especially musicians, um, both in Japan and America, that I would love to interview because it's just uh, I have I'm definitely passionate about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there Nick, you go. Mm-hmm. I know we got to dive into the news, but yes. before we get in the news, we got we got to thank some people, right? We we just don't show oh, up. Oh my week, gosh! Right. I mean, for heaven's sake, man, I mean, we have so many amazing people that we've got to give a shout out to because, for, I mean, you know, you look at uh, what we got going on with Patreon. It's a beautiful thing, man. Thank you so much to our QTB and Fuego supporters. I'm talking about Epic Capture Productions, Matt.Bat, Megan, Andrea, Cassandra K, Lisa A, and our QTB Plus supporters, Nick Nick, The Dudist Monk, Indie Gamiacs, Alan Abadessa, Mr. Grove Games, The Intergalactic Pinecone, Fluffy Bunny, Terry the Kitten, and Maddie. Guys, tiers start as low as $2 a month, and you get exclusive shout-outs. You get extended episodes of these podcasts. You can get even get your name on our website, plus merch you can't get anywhere else. Uh, so, again, best way to support us, Brad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, it's getting longer, Nick. We're getting close, I feel like. Maybe I'm just getting older and, and having a harder time just, like, getting through the whole thing, right? Maybe my lung capacity is going down. Well, let's give it's our prob- listeners a little bit, of, little bit of the success. <laughs> That's right. Come on, right. people. We got to make Nick run out of breath on that on yeah. that plug okay? add your name to the list add your name to the list and see if you can be the one the, the straw that breaks oh, the camel's back the tier starts at low as two dollars <laughs> it's worth it just to see nick struggle okay i love it all right well hey guys let's just jump right into it um our big story of the day is uh, coming from ign and this is talking about nintendo and there's been some i, I would say leaked information brad about uh what's going to be happening with their next console the hey, you know, for the longest Switch? time yeah well that's People were speculating for a while there was going to be like a mid-generation upgrade, like equivalent to the, the PS Pro or, you know, whatever the, the, the you know, the, here's the, the heavy-duty version. Of course, we got the Switch OLED, which you picked up, um, which is better display, but not better actual hardware running the thing. Um, but now we're talking about what appears to be the next console for Nintendo. So um, they are saying it's going to be coming in the second half of 2024. 
um, so and a some year sources. we're a year away yeah yeah and I, I believe there was even something said from Nintendo themselves that it could come as early as April of 2024. So uh, what? Here, here, we don't have long, dude. So honestly, you've got a lot of big things happening over the summer coming up where a lot of these companies will make big announcements. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, before summer's over, if a Nintendo Direct gets dropped that may reveal a little something. I know they like to wait until it's like the same year, but I don't know, man. I mean, what, so what this article is saying is, that this next-gen console, okay, sources told VGC, so there, there is some kind of uh, journalistic integrity, uh, you know, vetted source here, um, saying that uh, they are aiming for the second half of next year, that it could be used in portable mode like the Switch, and will have an, this is interesting, an LCD screen instead of an OLED in order to keep costs down. Now, if I recall correctly, the original Switch and the Switch Lite used the LCD screen, um, or they mean LED or LCD? I forget. Yeah, LCD, liquid crystal display. Um, but the OLED was the upgrade. Um, and it will also uh, continue to come with a cart slot for physical games. Um, but the backwards compatibility um, with Nintendo Switch remains unclear. I mean, when, when you're reading this, like, what's, what's your uh, initial take on it? Doesn't sound innovative. It just sounds like a middle pack between the OLED and the Nintendo Switch Lite. Like, are we going to have like built-in, you know, joy cons like the light? Are we going to like, it's, I, I don't know. It seems, it doesn't seem like it's next gen. It seems like it's a current gen optimization. Like right. they, they went with the expensive upgrade with the OLED model. And it seems like maybe that didn't catch traction. And I'm wondering if they're trying to make the switch even more accessible and in an evolving cost environment if they can provide a console with a little bit better performance but keep costs down with you know an lcd screen versus oled or some other things mm. i mean maybe that maybe we just don't know the internals and maybe that's where the money's being spent but from what i'm hearing now it it doesn't like seem like i'm going to be missing out on much with my oled version to be honest with you yeah, I mean, like any any Nintendo console, like you've got a you know the proof is in the pudding with the software, um, and even if they were to come out and say like, okay, well this is going to be backwards compatible, and I feel pretty confident that that will be the case, um, that they are going to you know offer any kind of performance based upgrade. Nintendo just doesn't doesn't operate that way, nor do they have, especially the first party games, nor are they coded to be like, okay, if better hardware comes along down the road you know, it'll play it better. I mean, we've seen some things where like, you know, when the Game Boy Color came out, like certain Game Boy games could have like a like an upscaled color version. Um, but that was just with the colors, not with the graphic fidelity. So, um, you know, I, I just don't. Like, it's not like we're going from like the 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 Xbox One X to the Series X. Like that was a significant jump in tech, mm -hmm. right? This yeah. doesn't sound that type of significant stepwise jump to me. It just sounds like it's, you know, they're they're still having some type of mindset in terms of this like versatility and portable versus stationary play, which is great. Mm. But yeah, I think to me, unless I need to see the internals and understand if there's a new software system or, you know, a bit stronger CPU that will drive this system, because I feel like right now I'm, I'm getting my bang for my buck with my OLED version because playing yeah. portably, it looks incredibly nice. And then so docking it, it looks great on my 4K TV. So I mean, yeah. I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because, you know, this this next-gen uh, Switch console, I, you know, Nintendo has never been really about innovation in terms of hardware, right? It's more about, well, I should rephrase that. 
um, graphic fidelity or trying to be ahead of the curve in terms of the, the, the horsepower in the actual unit, right? It's more about them finding their unique angles, right? And the Switch was all about that with being able to make sure you can play a game anywhere, anytime, and did so in a way that actually made them fold their mobile line of, of hardware, right? They just kind of merged everything into one lane. And now with this reported next version, um, you know, Bruno, uh, welcome in, by the way. Everybody, a round of applause. Uh, Bruno, I, we had a guest tonight. His name is Bruno. Remember when, <laughs> when Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime and the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl, do you? <laughs> I wasn't what sure how to segue you? that. That's, Hello. A, that's a key pull. That was a key pull. That was a key, that was a good quote pull. That was for Brad. I knew he. <laughs> uh, nice hat, Go by the way, hot. Brad. Uh, that is nice hat. I, I really like little that. Fox. Like what does the that. fox say? Yeah. Do you know? It's a coyote. Oh, they have that commercial now that brand new commercial where they they pulled that reference just in just at the peak of its popularity right. they pulled right. the, <laughs> yeah that bruno just just reference just obscure. for some context we were oh, is it, it we really were diving is now, into the it? we were diving into the uh the reported plans of the next gen console for nintendo coming out second half yeah. next year and mm-hmm. we were kind of just doing that. a yeah, but it, it, there, there's not a lot of information, so Nick and I were kind of yeah. just, you know, not not sure what to expect and not seeming super excited. But you know, mm-hmm. what's your what's your perspective? I, you know, the, they've been speculating this is almost as much as they've been speculating uh, the Grand Theft Auto Six, right? Like, I feel like these are the two that the, these are the two carrots they've been dangling in front of our our faces uh, for for so long now. And uh, I got to tell you, as a Switch owner and somebody who is just into uh, the 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 library of first party titles that nintendo has i gotta say it's a strong catalog it's a strong uh performance for what it is you know obviously there needs to be some growth because they're seeing a struggle of like third-party content but i don't ever think that's ever been nintendo's bread and butter you know so I, I I do foresee them working on something like that. I'm interested to know what a, a Switch 2 would be. I can't see them kind of foregoing this, the, the route that they've gone with the Switch. You know, I can't see like an entire new console model or anything like that. I, I think it's just going to be a beefed up version of what we have now. You know, a Switch, a super switch if you will if we want to go into that uh that category but you know i i these like i said these rumors i take them with a grain of salt because at at this point it's like you know they've been speculating that it's going to be on the next nintendo direct every nintendo direct since like animal crossing they've been talking about it they're like this is the one this is it here we go this is we're gonna hear (laughs) and then like we heard about reggie's departure before we ever heard about a super switch or anything like that reggie'll come back before it happens yeah exactly (laughs) so i you know uh don't hold your breath on that uh especially in announcement who knows they might they might surprise us and stealth drop it uh one thing's for sure i don't think nintendo needs to cater to uh anyone but themselves right mm-hmm. like i i think that the the third party titles take them or leave them nintendo has a strong library of first party titles 
Here's the question, though. Who is the demographic for this console for? Is it for original Switch owners? Is it for new new people who are now have heard about the Switch that have just not jumped on the train yet? Like, if this comes out, what what needs to be there for you guys to upgrade? Like, I mean, that, oh, that, that's I, another I'd way of looking at it. Regardless, right? I'd, I'd probably up, upgrade regardless, especially if I could use, if we're talking, um, you know, a, a, a one-to-one cartridge you know yeah it's got to be backwards uh, compatible though uh, yeah if, mm-hmm. if it's not backwards compatible that's going to be a really hard sell in in terms of me jumping on board right away because i do have such a strong library of of nintendo switch uh games and cartridges and so that's another thing that would really kind of throw me for a loop it would be like you know nintendo saying you know, if they said all of your digital games will transfer over, but your physical ones won't. I mean, that that is that is a Nintendo move, you know, but I hope that that is not the case yeah. because you're going to have a lot of disappointed fans who went the route of physical games and now realize, well, I can't play that on my Switch Pro or whatever, whatever we're, we're calling this, right? Yeah. Like. <laughs> I can't and imagine I Nick, Nick it went off. There was a light bulb that went off in Nick and he was like, don't you even put that out into ether? Don't even mention that. <laughs> when, when we, we were talking, we were talking pre-show and, and Nick was saying that he's about 50, 50 split right now. He's got yeah. about 50% of his games on cartridge mm-hmm. and 50% digitally downloaded. So Nick would be in a really interesting position if that were the call, because, yeah. you know, we were talking about strategy of which games right now do you buy on cartridge versus digital for switch and we're finding that right now there's games that you play all the time that having to switch out the cartridge is kind of a pain in the butt situation it's just kind mm-hmm. of more work where if you have it digitally it, you can just go back to it instantaneously so yeah an interesting point bruno i think it's something to you know keep in mind hopefully it is backwards compatible and they don't pivot physical yeah. game cartridge types or something yeah. it would be it would be a, a colossal misstep if they if they got that oh, wrong for sure. historically i mean if you go back gen to gen they they have not supported it but at the same time look at what they've done this generation with a huge e-shop with just i mean just countless titles a lot of shovelware but a lot of titles on there i mean they're basically becoming steam in terms of the uh the index and then the catalog that they have of, of games for digital uh for sale um on their e-shop and you also look at the fact that they have so many retro game libraries now available. Clearly, they're taking a look at that and trying to make sure that they can preserve past generations of games for future generations to play, which is a, yeah. a, a, a topic we've brought up many times. I simply can't imagine a scenario, even if you had a powerhouse title. They said day one, you know, uh, Super Mario Odyssey 2, you know, will be the launch title, um, much like Breath of the Wild was the, the console mm. seller for the Switch. Um, you know, I, I think we could see something like maybe an upgraded version of tears of the kingdom, um, where they say, Hey, if you yeah. get this version, um, or, or, or we will upgrade you to the new version digitally. If you own the original, maybe with enhanced, uh, frame rate or fidelity or whatever the case may be, because they already, I mean, it, what, what, what breath of the wild was to the switch, I think tears of the kingdom still could be, um, to what I think I, I, I guess this is just my call after all the, the, the amount of times I saw it trending on what used to be called Twitter, uh, uh the super <laughs> Nintendo switch. Is what it's going to be called. Yeah. Super X Nintendo now, Switch. Nick. Yeah. Super Nintendo. Like yeah. X going to give it to you, right? X. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> oh, the kids, oh, the man. kids love it. Yeah. Kids love it. They, they love the, the name change. Absolutely. That's what brought them back in. Mm-hmm. The Gen X looked at it and said, you know what we need? 
Yeah. We need some Gen X up in here. We do. Some some Pepsi. Some Gen X. Some Pepsi uh-huh. generation. You know generation what? You know what? Some... You know what we need though when we're gaming and we need a little bit a bit of a boost. What do we need, Brad? We need some Advanced GG, Nick. Tell them all oh, about it. Oh my gosh, let me tell you about it. Of course, QTB is partnered with Advanced GG guys. They offer powders, supplements, even canned drinks. They've got clinically proven ingredients that'll improve your mental performance when gaming. Okay, let's be honest. Everybody on this panel's getting old, okay? We're getting up there. We need a little something when we're playing video games that we can keep up with the young whippersnappers, okay? Because we're playing uphill both ways. And how we do it is with advanced GG, guys. It's scientifically proven to improve your coordination, your reaction time. They did the research. They crunched the numbers. And they've got the data to prove it. So check it out, guys. No fillers. All the product right there. There's no uh, mystery blends. You'll know exactly what you're getting on the ingredient label. Some of the best flavors, guys. You've got to try it. New flavors coming out constantly. So do yourself a favor. Go to advanced.gg. Use promo code QTB. Save for 10% site-wide on all of their products. And May 2023, the year of the dub, with Advanced GG and QTB. Yes, guys. Okay, our next or our next story. This is actually a, a really interesting one. Um, you know, because the the we've been talking a lot about the uh, the gaming industry as a whole about the right to repair, right? The ability to fix your own things without voiding a warranty, um, or be, even being able to fix something, um, or know how to fix something after something inevitably becomes, uh, you know, they don't sell it anymore or the, uh, the ability to repair it. Nintendo is great about like having their older consoles be repaired, but even eventually they're like, Hey, you know, okay guys, I guess the GameCube, we're not going to fix that anymore. You're on your own. Um, so this story coming from the verge that, uh, Microsoft is now pushing their repairability push, um, to Xbox controllers, specifically the elite series two. Um, they have released a series of repair kits instructions and videos that will help you fix actually both standard um and elite xbox series s and x game pads um which is a big deal because you look at that uh how many of these manufacturers have treated how they allow you to fix things especially i'm looking at you nintendo they make it real hard to get those very expensive drift happy joy cons fixed in a way that doesn't void a warranty um and just like microsoft i think has been a pioneer in accessibility in games with their uh their adaptable controllers being one of the first on market with that um but now saying hey we want to give you guys the resources and the tools to fix your own things so you don't have to send them in to us i mean bruno do you think this was uh, inevitable for them or do you think that uh this is an act of benevolence well i think it's i think it's inevitable i think we're moving towards a more consumer friendly uh environment and that's you know uh, actually a lot of it's being pioneered by the uk and the eu you know with like usb c chargers and universal chargers and that kind of thing so i think this is kind of in the same vein as that right like this idea that we should kind of put just a little more power behind uh users and give them something besides uh you know planned obsolescence which, you know, I mean, if you look back in, in history at the things that, uh, you know, our parents and grandparents grew up, they're like, they don't make them like they used to. And well, there's a reason for that. Like, you know, it doesn't make money <laughs> so if like you this, can't. <laughs> I feel like this news is like five years too late for Bruno. I mean, didn't you go through like two or three Pro Series 1 controllers because you broke the same button? Like, yeah. couldn't you? if you could have fixed those on your own, you would have loved it, right? I mean... Well, you know, I tried, I tried to fix it on my own and it was very, very difficult, you know? So I think that had there been official 
I think that's the, the 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 gap, right? I think if if they start doing some like official repairs and acknowledge and saying here here's the part you can repair it yourself, I think people will buy it. They will have more of a control under how they execute, you know, um, rapport with their with their uh, their player base, and it kind of like I said, it at the very end, it just ends up giving you more um control over what you're buying and not having to buy something like another 80 60 to 80 dollar controller is should something mm-hmm. go wrong well, let me ask you this though I, I'm, I'm gonna flip this a bit here not to say that this isn't a great thing it is but isn't it some way kind of a, a like a secondary admission that maybe quality isn't great like parts and quality aren't great on these controllers because they break or is it just people giving a lot of love to their games and their and their controllers? Because the fact now that you have to actually offer repair kits, you're putting that ability and that accessibility in people's hands, but you're also acknowledging that you need them, right? Yeah. And that things are breaking at a rate that's probably more alarming than saying people who replace the controller every couple couple years. Yeah. So it, it, is it admitting that maybe quality's dipped a bit because they're looking for quantity and accessibility? Or do you feel like it? That's not really the case. Well, look at what's been happening with uh, with how controllers are breaking. Right, by far the most common issue that people are running into across all platforms is stick drift. Um, it's especially prevalent in with the Nintendo Switch Joy Cons. They are infamous for that. Um, but uh, yeah. Xbox is no different. I mean, even my Elite Series Two has a, a tiny amount of stick drift. Now I can offset that with the with the options there with the controller app to just set a slightly larger dead zone and I'm good to go. Right. So I can, I can meet that wherever it is. Um, but you know, stick drift is, is a huge issue. And you look at the multiple class action lawsuits that have popped up over the years where the consumer won't get a, get ahead with those, even if they're affected, just like any uh, class action lawsuit, you're going to get a check for $5, maybe like two yeah. years from now. Um, but you know, it does hurt the people that actually get, uh, get, uh, get stung by that. Um, and so I, I especially agree with these high-end things. When you're buying an Elite Series, and it's, it's a great controller. I have an Elite it Series is. 2. I love that controller. There's so many different modular things you can swap out. But yeah, if a single button goes wrong, um, you know, and maybe I have the technical know-how to go in there. Maybe I can watch a YouTube video. But why wouldn't I want a video from the people that manufacture the controller yeah. being like, here's how you actually do here's it. And not only that, do it, yep. yeah but actually sell you the button, right? Because, like, PlayStation yeah. will sell you, like, uh, I think the, the the thumbsticks. But Microsoft is selling, that's part of this article, is that they're selling you individual buttons, um, yeah. a whole lot of different parts to these controllers. That's a big that's, deal. That's, yeah. that's a huge deal because, you know, there's so you, you have to rely essentially on somebody else's third-party manufacturing for these these parts and hoping that they fit. And, you know, that's an issue that I ran into with trying to fix it myself when I was going through is that it didn't really fit. Um, and that became, you know, an, you know, an issue when trying to repair it. And then, you, you know, you're down this, you know, road that you can't return from because you're like, well, now I've got nothing. So to know that at least this is this part will work 100 percent and this is a surefire way to fix it. You just have to have the know the know how. I think we're going to see more of that and we should see more of that. It's environmentally friendly 
um, to do it that way. I think you can spin it, you know, into your, to your question, Brad, I think that yes, you are admitting that there are flaws in production process. Of course that might happen. You know, I, I used to sell electronics and appliances and we used to tell people, you know, regarding appliances that just about 33% of all appliances are lemons, you know, you know, within like the first year that you get them. Right. So that's a, that's a lot. That's one in three, you know, um, uh, appliances that you're, you know, possibly buying that aren't going to work in a year. So you kind of have to play that gamble, but if the company is being forthright and saying, Hey, we realize this is an issue. You can fix it yourself or, you know, go through the hassle of, you know, warranty, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, here's my second yeah. concern. You're going to want a $3 button and you got to pay $12.99 shipping. Right. <laughs> so Maybe. Not. I mean, it's, yeah. Who knows? I mean, right? let, let, let's be honest though. That could yeah. be a reality. I remember looking that up for a part for a fridge once the part itself was like a three dollar rubber o-ring mm-hmm. but because i needed to get it from the manufacturer they wanted to charge me like 15.99 for shipping so all of a sudden now i'm it's, i'm costing me 30 40 bucks to get a three dollar part so like at what point with a controller cost frame is the 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 complexity and and effort and cost to get it worth just saying f it i'll just buy a brand new one right like oh, yeah, i feel like sure. if you're getting a 50 yeah. of the cost just for a couple parts and shipping then and then you still got to spend the time to fix it why not just buy a new one yeah and i think many people will still take that route right they're not even going to be aware that there's an option like that um and in a in a throwaway culture um that's going to be but these things aren't cheap anymore you know a pair of joy cons are like what what you got to pay uh like 80 bucks 80 to get bucks. two of them yep. you got to get yeah. them in pairs. or you harvest parts and you sell them yourself third party <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's broken, but I'll take all the other parts out. (laughs) You know, and honestly, I hope that in addition to this, just uh, manufacturers of controllers in general do a better job of just releasing products that last longer in the market. It really is a shame. That's one of the, the, probably the biggest blemishes for Nintendo is the fact that it's almost impossible to have a day one Switch, um, even lightly used, that hasn't experienced a significant amount of stick drift to the point that you really can't use it anymore. Um, and you know, God help you. If you try to open that thing up to fix it yourself, you're going to avoid the warranty on the whole thing. So, yeah, you know, sticker, I, I the sticker tells yeah, you right there. They like that's hide, right, yeah. the, hide the main screw underneath yep. a sticker. You know, it That'll really get gets you. me because even scuff does that scuff, you know, which is a modified Xbox controller. They avoided the warranty to make the modifications on the controller, put their own warranty sticker over there. So, you know, it's a bit ridiculous when you look at it like that. And I do think that there just needs to be um, more. I think that that this is a universal problem. I don't Mm -hmm. think this is just limited to, you know, electronics. I think that, you know, something in my area that's pretty neat is they have um, like recycle days kind of where you can bring in your old electronics. People will be there to help you try and fix them. If they can't, they, um, you know, they'll use it for parts or whatever. Um, and if they can, you know, and you're, you donate it through, you can donate it to the, you know, community and have the community kind of use it. So, yeah. you know, the, the, the issue of used electronics and electronics that, you know, are, have nothing wrong with them is becoming a big problem. I mean, think about how many people, you know, upgrade to a new iPhone 
you know, every, every time there's a new iPhone out, right. You know, yearly, I guess, or every other year, um, depending on the production speed, but you know, there's nothing wrong with the old iPhone. There's nothing wrong with it. And so what happens to that? Does it sit in a drawer? Does it, you know, get sent in, you know, and that, that's a, that's a battle that, uh, uh, Apple users have been fighting for a long time is the right to repair your own phone if yeah. the, if the screen cracks or something like that so you know this is uh this is a bigger issue than than just uh stick drift on a controller like well a, a step in the a step in the right direction this. yeah yeah a step, a step sure. in yeah. the right direction but a controller should be one of the last points to fail if it's being handled properly if you're throwing this thing against a wall you get what you get but like if yeah. you look if you look at past console generations right you know, uh, we the, the farther along that we've gotten, the more problems that we've had with them. And obviously, there's more moving parts. There's more things happening in a controller than there was back in the day of, you know, a D-pad and two buttons. But the nice thing you about that was... It, it was hard to break a Super Nintendo controller. Right. Though, man. Those it's hard just were... to break a Game Boy, period. There was yeah. a... There was a um, in that museum um, yeah. that had a Game <laughs> Boy that. that, like, survived, like, an explosion. Um, that it was like a bomb went off or something. I forget what it was. Um, and the Game Boy still works. And it was in a museum just to show, like in its original state, powered on. You could see it. Um, you know, and I, I, I think that there's definitely something to be said about that that mentality when designing, specifically with controllers. Because I was, um, I was looking at uh my my Dreamcast controller. I love it. I dare you yeah. to find a Dreamcast controller that is broken that wasn't thrown against a wall. Because or it has stick drift because the Dreamcast controller in particular oh, sticks was, were amazing. Yeah, was one of the last the last consoles ever to have a standard controller use what's called a Hall Effect joystick. A Hall Effect is a joystick that is magnetized, meaning that it will always it will always go back to the center perfectly because there are magnets actually operating how it works that's why it felt so good it was I mean, super satisfying it, yeah. re- it really was if you've never held a dreamcast controller in your life like by all means go to your local you know shop and find one like just just find and 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 play around with the the thumbstick and just realize how much better it really was. That was something I immediately noticed when I got a Dreamcast back in the day. Was yeah. just like I was like, "Oh, this is satisfying," especially compared to a Nintendo sixty four, which was rubber which, bands. You know, it was yeah. literally a rubber band, <laughs> which is funny because the new version they released for the Nintendo Switch Online's N sixty four controller that I have is so true to form. It's the same freaking rubber band <laughs> that's oh, holding really? the joystick wow. together. You get wow. the authentic experience. Still doesn't go that's bad crazy. though. It's a reliable yeah. rubber band, people. I mean, hey. <laughs> You know, I I I can foresee problems in the you know the far distant future. <laughs> I can those, say that the magnet design, but... from a science standpoint, is really like solid. That's yeah. a, that's a yeah. strong play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but, but there we, is a third party also, Xbox controller that does that. But I, I would we, just love we, to see more first party. Yeah, we need. But I, I'm I does it. I feel like it could offer the finesse that we need these days. I feel like the reason we go these directions is there's so much sensitivity now that can be customized that the technology these days allows for that but also they're more sensitive in in their support in their in their structure so it kind of comes with the, the field but if uh, yeah I, I would love to see a resurgence of that i think the magnet design is is from a science standpoint quite yeah you're not going to get stick drift because there's a there's a true there's a true norm to come back to every time actual force and it, of and nature and it's not something that's being influenced by your your fingers as much. It's yeah, right. it, there, there's there's literally a magnetic force of nature calling it back. So, yeah. okay, 
All right. Well, I'll tell you what's uh, what's a force of nature, and that's going to be our amazing website, guys. You got to check this place out. It's called quitthebuild.com. And I'm going to tell you what, guys. When you go, go check out our blog. We have so many fantastic articles from our friends over at Podcasters United. They have been cranking out some great stories for you guys. It's hard to find, honestly. Honestly, it is hard to find um, in 2023 high quality hey. blog articles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do yourself a favor and just yeah. I, I know I just skipped because I might have a computer froze. It's fine. <laughs> we'll work it out in post. <laughs> uh, but check it out today. At, yeah, yeah, check it out. At quitthepill.com, guys. Um, and uh, yeah, join our growing Discord community. Great to have you all here. And uh, yeah, hope you're enjoying the podcast and everything that we do here at QTB, guys. Fun stuff on the way. Don't miss it, right? Don't miss out. Okay? If you're missing out, you're missing out. If you ain't got you some, you ain't got you none. That's what I always say. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bruno. We're, I mean, we just got to let it play out. We got to let it play out at this at point. At this point, you know, I agree. There's, yeah. There's nothing. <laughs> okay. Well, this was such a short episode for me, but I felt on it because I only had to give a couple opinions. We didn't talk about ambrosia salad or French toast. Or it got mentioned like in chat that. once. Hey, okay. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I did send uh, these guys a, a list of yeah. weird foods. Oh, that's that good post show content. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't really know uh they don't really know about ambrosia salad and but you know. Yeah. We'll let them know. We'll tell we'll, them in the we'll post show. Take us out. Somebody somebody invented it in the fifties, probably. Yeah. That's what I that's what definitely. I mm-hmm. Well, here, yeah. here's something for the people. Okay, what do you got? Ah, classic. Oh, classic. Yeah. Classic. Everybody's waving. Bright bright sweatshirts are are abound and the fluorescent lighting is just beaming <laughs> down on us, and I couldn't think of a better place to be with my two buds. Nick and Brad! For them! I'm Bruno. For Bruno and Brad, I'm Nick. For Christmas ham for two years, and Nick and Bruno, I'm Brad. Peace out! What it do? Quit the build.